Hello there, woman beings. We are here today, today, ready to dive into a very exciting subject. Let's say in three words, Twitter, ban, president. <laughs> and of course, I'm here with the lovely Kelly and Kellyanne. I'm Emma. Let's get started. Welcome to the Woman Being Podcast community, where we explore thoughts and opinions and have the freedom to change our minds without expectation or judgment. We will hold a safe space and support each other as we navigate together in the form of feminine. Woman Beings. We've gone through quite a couple weeks as a country, haven't we? Oh boy. Longer than a couple weeks, but yes, in particular the last couple in weeks. Yes, we've gone through weeks. quite a, a time. <laughs> and uh, if you've been living under a rock or have somehow no idea what's going on in the world but still get access to this podcast, then to, <laughs> to catch you up a little bit, um, so what is it? About a week and a half ago now, January 6th, there was a, um, I guess it'll be about two weeks when this episode comes out. Uh, there was a large protest, uh, in Washington, DC, mm -hmm. uh, where things got a bit, uh, Rowdy, escalated. yeah, a bit out of hand and maybe a <laughs> bit more intense than people anticipated. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were people that entered the Capitol building of the United States, right? Uh, and there's also a large rally for the uh, president. And after all of that, in that, in the the wake of this event, that's sort of unprecedented. Um, our president has been eliminated from basically every social media channel, mm -hmm. even Pinterest. Pinterest. Like, what does he have on Pinterest? Let's just, just talk about this just for a quick second. Recipes Why for the Melania. He's keep, got some hairstyle you know, hairstyles for keeping the over. How to do clean. the best comb over. <laughs> He's got uh, DIY self tanner. Exactly. Self -tanner. <laughs> Hint: It's turmeric. He's got like. <laughs> Blue suits and red ties. Yep. Yeah. I Maybe, mean, he's got to find his cars. fashion advice somewhere. Probably a lot of cars. <laughs> There's probably a private board of models in bikinis. There's probably a Pinterest board about winning. Winning. <laughs> Just it says, living don't my best worry, life. Donald, you're a winner. You're a winner. <laughs> because Whenever you doubt okay. it, just come back here and remember. <laughs> remember, you always win. <laughs> yeah, but he's been banned now, which is just tragic. Total tragedy. Yeah. From Twitter. Um, it's <laughs> it's interesting. And I mean, we don't we don't claim to be a, a politics podcast. Um or uh I mean everything that you do is political, no matter what what you buy is political, the way you act is political, what you say is political. Everything has um, some sort of political implication mm -hmm. and is a reflection of your politics, but we that's not usually our, our main focus here. Um, and it's not really our main focus today. So <laughs> the reason we bring all this up is uh, we want to talk about the, the implications of, 
of somebody like the president of the United States uh, being banned from social media, Mm -hmm. from the big main social media platforms, especially a president like this one who has used Twitter as a way to convey political changes happening in the country as a way to fire people, as a way to hire people, as a way to implement policies. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's it's kind of a really big deal. And I believe that uh, Barack Obama was the first president to have a Twitter at all. Mm -hmm. And so this is a very has been a very quick growth um, in terms of social media use within the White House. Yeah. Uh, So that's just fascinating. But um, I think a lot there's been a lot of a lot of swirling um thoughts and uh opinions about this and uh one thing that people are talking about a lot is uh freedom of speech mm-hmm. right like uh isn't this a limitation on freedom of speech uh so i think we want to read what the first amendment is well i mean we can just talk about or yeah. say what it is yeah mm-hmm. uh first amendment is Covers five main categories. Can you name them? Give us the five. (laughs) Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, freedom to petition, and freedom... Help me out here, people. Oh, you guys don't actually know. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Speech, religion, press, petition, assembly. Mm. So... That sounds right. And... (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Journalism major over here. (laughs) (laughs) So those five main things are protected under the First Amendment as as our fundamental rights as American citizens. Mm-hmm. They, freedom of speech is the category that gets talked about the most in this particular um, conversation. However, all five of them are very much linked. Mm-hmm. Um, but freedom of speech covers all speech except certain types, which I've pulled up, you know, the very helpful Wikipedia article, because there are exceptions to that. You can't actually just say anything you want. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You cannot, or the restricted types of speech are obscenity, fraud, child pornography, yes, speech integral to illegal conduct, speech that incites imminent lawless action, speech that violates intellectual property law, true threats, and commercial speech such as advertising. So, that being said, what is being argued right now is that the president incited violence mm. in his speech, I think, at this rally and through Twitter. Therefore, they are justifying the ban of his um, use of said platforms. So, yeah. So, to just get a, get a, a baseline on top of our baseline that we just <laughs> said. <laughs> totally. Um, as we've laid this foundation, these are the things. This is what has happened. This is what uh, the Constitution of the United States says. What are you guys thinking, Kelly and Kellyanne? Oh boy. What are what What is your sort of initial thought surrounding this, and maybe some of the implications that you see with this? I mean, I think there's a lot of implications. I feel like. You know, I think it's wild that our president is banned from social media platforms and that actually some free speech platforms uh, have been shut down um, currently. 
which I think is wild. Um, I think, like you mentioned, there's been a, a fast growth in social media. Barack Obama was the first president for his first election to actually campaign using uh, social media platforms heavily, um, which is incredible. Um, I think it's been a rough week. (laughs) (laughs) A rough two weeks. Tensions are high. Tensions are very high. Um, However, I think it's a little bit scary because now, like how, the, the great thing about Trump I don't think there are many great things, but one great thing is you always know exactly what he's thinking. And now without having that direct access, everyone I feel like is going to be a little in the dark and there's no way to actually fact check. When you put Mm -hmm. something up on Twitter, it's whether you delete it or not, someone screenshotted it. It lives somewhere. You can fact check things. um, But now I think um, it's a little nerve wracking to know like, no one can fact check things from him now. So I think that's interesting. I personally did not watch the speech intentionally. Um, so I, I can't give my personal opinion if he incited violence or not. I don't think the president should be held accountable for other people's violence. I think those people need to be held accountable for their own actions and the law should absolutely be executed in these situations and from what I can tell like there have been several people arrested for certain things I do think this is a little politically charged um not I think, just a little I think it's, it's <laughs> politically charged yeah. um I mean those platforms definitely lean a different way than what our president has been leaning um and I think it's it's a little nerve-wracking to see places that are are common for exchanging thoughts and ideas to be like these are not to say these aren't in alignment with community guidelines but really it's like we don't want to deal with you anymore Mm. I feel like so but also I'm not an expert those are just my thoughts and opinions from far away (laughs) far away from the situation yeah I definitely agree like just want to just put a disclaimer out there that like I am not a political expert nor a news enthusiast like mm-hmm. nor my 1000% up to date on everything that has been said or done so the, I am expressing my thoughts with you know limited knowledge just like all of us as humans do so take everything you hear with a grain of salt and you know do your own research please mm-hmm. as will I so the, this is an interesting problem for me I guess where, that we've come up against in which we have this tension between, as a, you know, non-government entity, Twitter, Facebook, Google, etc., they have a right to distribute whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's no laws governing them to, you know, abide by the First Amendment. Like, I, I think, from my understanding, I think legally... They're allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. They're allowed to cut out the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. So, um, but on the other side of that, just because it's legal, there are implications with that. Meaning, like, if you can just delete the president from social media, like, who else can you delete? Mm-hmm. And let's say whether he incited violence or not, which, I mean, in my honest opinion, I think it's 
it's not clear. There, de- I think there definitely ought to be an investigation and mm-hmm. a determination on some sort of legal level, really, for us to decide that. But like in terms of like whether just a private entity can make their own decision about that, I don't know how I feel. Yeah. So, um, they. They have the right, but, like, is it right? Mm. You know? Like, there's there's a lot of problematic things that could come from that. And I think we've seen sort of a buildup to that with, like, censoring of certain COVID misinformation and cutting people out of YouTube and, you know, deleting posts from certain senators and other politicians. So there are, like, this has sort of been happening already. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like that was the final, like kick in the butt or whatever mm-hmm. I'll also say part of me when it happened was like yeah because <laughs> I'm not a super fan of our president and the way that he has utilized the Twitter platform mm-hmm. however what if what if Google can just one day decide that they don't like a book and they can literally delete it from existence what if they can just like make it vanish and that you can't find it anymore you know what if what if Twitter is like, well, this group of people just doesn't exist anymore and you can't find information about them or who they are. And when it comes to like terrorist groups and things that are legitimately illegal or carrying out illegal things, like that's one thing. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, we're like talking about like what you like and don't like. And so yeah. I don't know. I it, I think it's a really complicated question. It's yeah. not just as it's not s- simply answered. No. But and then another thing I'll say is that one thing I find interesting is that it seems that up until now, this year, I'd say, Twitter, Facebook, etc., they've been huge advocates for the First Amendment and people's right to say what they want on mm-hmm. their social media. And under Section 230 of the Constitution, they are protected from any liability of those things. So nobody can sue them for something somebody says on their platform. So mm-hmm. in terms of like, like, they don't have anything to lose by having someone controversial on their platform yeah. either. So, in fact, they have more to gain. Exactly. Yeah, they Actually, do. they do. They have a lot to gain. So it's like to me, it's like it feels like they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth because it's mm. like you say you value free speech and truth and you know things, but then it also feels like you're deciding what that is, and mm. that feels yeah questionable. So it kind of feels like the beginning of every apocalyptic movie ever. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, hasn't the entire past, like, two years felt like that? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. There's so many different things. And I think it's interesting that you guys bring up that, like, this is um, a political thing. Because one thing that I keep thinking about is that these social media companies are 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 not one single voice no. like they are companies with hundreds and hundreds of employees that have opinions and voices and and they have boards of people with different opinions and voices and CEOs and and all of those different things and and actually the 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 people who created these platforms like the the Mark Zuckerbergs are actually very conservative fiscally because that benefits them because mm-hmm. they are they are benefiters of of extreme capitalism and greed right (laughs) so they are and so like there's that's interesting that like there's that side and um actually 
I think part of the reason why Twitter specifically has come to this conclusion of um, of now banning the president is because there's been so much push from their employees. Um, there's been a lot of Twitter employees who have stepped up and been like, I am not comfortable with our platform um, allowing for this to, to continue, you know? Mm. Um, and it, I think that there's a lot of things that the president has said on Twitter um, that would could be argued as inciting violence just as much as what he tweeted that was the final straw or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, talking about how when the looting starts, the shooting starts or um, free Michigan back when there were protests in Michigan um, and other states about uh, COVID shutdowns and things like that that were also um, incendiary sort of in the in the same way. Um, but it seems to me that in when you're looking at it as a political thing, uh, it seems like these social media platforms feel safe enough to do this now that he is falling out of power because there's going to be a new president inaugurated this week. Um, there's like now a Democratic majority in the, the Senate. Like there's so many things where it's like, okay, like this isn't... Um, I think they are maybe trying to predict that this president is not going to be as beneficial for them anymore because, like, really, it's it's beneficial for them. There's tons of traffic that comes mm-hmm. to their websites because of mm-hmm. this president yeah. and um, because of people listening to him. And um, it's interesting because after the ban was initiated, Twitter's stock dropped because mm-hmm. people are realizing well, Twitter's going to... Ha- have a loss wow. because of this. Yeah. Um, and so when you say it's political, like there's so many different facets of what makes it political. Yeah. Um, and and as, as I think about more and more like, okay, what is the, the right thing <laughs> to do? Mm-hmm. It's so hard for me to to say def- definitively what the right thing to do. I mean, I, in an ideal world, I would want no one to to incite violence on <laughs> on social media, and for nobody to to do things that um, could be seen as a violation of freedom of sp- the freedom of speech protections that we have. Um, and because the idea of like these big tech companies being able to control what we see is very like Fahrenheit 451-esque to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, but at the same time, I I can't ignore the fact that somebody posting certain ideas and certain perpetuating certain um, things that at least I think are very amoral and are harmful to people, um, whether that's harmful to women, harmful to minorities, um, harmful to people who are vulnerable. Like, I, I don't I don't want that to be able to be perpetuated, mm. you know? Like, I, I don't know that anyone would say objectively, like, they want those things to be out there. Yeah. Um, and so it's very difficult because uh, it's not just someone who's saying things that um, are hurtful or hateful, um, but it's it's someone with so much power saying those things and therefore has such a large audience saying those mm. things. Um, 
which I think is like concerning on a on a different level is what I would argue yeah. is that the president can say all this stuff and the fact that the president does say all this stuff to me is a is a symptom of a the population that voted him in and and b like what our country has become comfortable with hearing from that sort mm-hmm. of platform so but in terms of like social media and large tech companies role in determining that that's what's yeah that's what's concerning for me it's like it's not that i wouldn't agree that yes um i don't want to see hate and oppression and you know prejudice in this world because i would agree with you like i don't want that but i also don't want mark zuckerberg you know being the one to determine Mm-hmm. the criteria of what that is. And so that's kind of like what I'm holding in tension. And I don't know. But so here's the thing that's interesting. Um, recently, Uganda held elections um, in January. And the the Ugandan government banned... Twitter and I think Facebook and some other social media from their country mm. during the elections. Because I think from their perspective, and this is my best understanding, from their perspective, social media was um, tampering with the election. Mm. Like um, these American companies were influencing the election. Um, Twitter's response was, whoa, you're cutting out free speech. This is wrong. And I can, I can actually read that tweet real quick. Twitter said... Ahead of the Ugandan election, we're hearing reports that internet service providers are being ordered to block social media and messaging apps. We strongly condemn internet shutdowns. They are hugely harmful, violate basic human rights and the principles of the open internet. And so that to me feels like, yes, that is what Twitter stands for. That is what Facebook has stood for for the longest time is like, there, there were a lot of questionable things during some of the, the rioting this summer that people were like, that was incitement. Twitter didn't take it down. Mm-hmm. They said, we, we're we going to support the free speech of the people, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so now it's like, oh, you just deleted the president. <laughs> and then and then other social media apps, I heard uh, Parler mm-hmm. is kind of like this alternative social media to, to Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, mm-hmm. usually with a more conservative bent. And Google and Amazon and Apple removed the app from their distribution. Mm-hmm. And so now we're in a situation where anybody, any average person who only goes to Google, because honestly, let's just be honest, like 80 to 90% of humans in our world find stuff on Google. We don't go to other search platforms. There are other ones in existence. They're not as good, but mm-hmm. like... That's where we go. And so if someone can't find it on these major platforms, like how are they going to find an app that has an alternative message and viewpoint? Totally. And well, so- it's interesting because the, the groups that were using Parler and, and uh, other apps like that have gone to other apps. Like they're yeah. now on, on Telegram. And, oh, Telegram is one, um, yeah. There's uh, Gab. I haven't heard about that one. There's another one I was trying to think of. But um, they've gone on these other apps and um, have had success on there. It's interesting because there's 
there's a lot to unpack within even even that that you're saying there because um, on the one hand, Twitter is saying uh, that they are in opposition to the Ugandan government uh, not not allowing freedom of speech right during right. their election, but they're saying that what Trump is saying is 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 not under protection of freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. So if it seems like that is two different things there. Sure. Um, but at the same time, there have been people like um, one of uh, the leaders in Iran. I believe his name is, I, I have it written down, but I don't know if I really know how to say it. Um, Ayatollah. Um, he has tweeted things to the tune of wanting to eliminate Israel uh, and has not had those tweets taken down. Um, people have also been pointing out things like, well, you allow for uh, the Chinese Communist Party to have a Twitter, even though they have internment camps and there's tons of human rights violations that go on. But they're not necessarily tweeting about those. Sure. So it's there's I think there's a little bit of nuance in that. Um, I also hesitate to condemn um, condemn an act that I might agree with just because there's inconsistency. Like, just because Twitter hasn't done it right the entire time, like, just because they, they have not tried to implement uh, these First Amendment sort of, like, um, trying to to, to to purge their their platform of things that violate the First Amendment, of things that are like hate speech and that are inciting violence. Uh, to me, that that doesn't mean that uh, they they can't do it now. Mm-hmm. You know, like that would be like saying uh, if somebody stole something and then like the the shopkeeper or whatever like didn't stop them from stealing it and someone steals something again and they stopped them then it's like yes you were inconsistent but it was still stopping something that was wrong you know. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, and there's no necessity for anybody to be consistent. We're all like growing and learning humans. But I'm just saying I'm just pointing out that like if if free speech in the First Amendment is Twitter's priority, then I don't see that as I don't see the way that they've treated the situation being consistent with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't understand the thought process. If it is incitement of violence, like who determines that? Yeah. Does Twitter get to determine that? Because that's not, I'm not under that constitution, is mm-hmm. what I'm saying, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's also like our free choice whether we want to use those platforms at all, right? I mean, even when you think about presidents, like presidents have gotten their information out just fine without social media for the past entire history of our nation until Barack Obama, right? And there's there's news platforms that they can use. They have an entire press docket ready to to put out anything that the president says right like the the press is is available to them um the the white house website is available to them like there's they can stream on news networks at pretty much any time probably so like there's a lot of ways for them to still communicate and they have communicated for however long our nation has been around. You think about that, like, there's no reason that the president needs to use social media at all, right? I think it shows, though, the climate that we're in as a nation. We, it might not be what the president needs, but it's what the American people use. And so mm-hmm. I think it, it's showing us how reliant we've become on social media for our news. And so 
it's kind of like, mm, how do you separate the two? It's like, to me, it's like, yes, there are other forms of communication, but if like back in 1940, the printing press just stopped printing anything about the president, that would have been a huge problem. Mm-hmm. You know, like if all newspapers were just like, nope, we're not publishing anything from this person anymore. Yes, are there still forms of other communication? But like, what other forms would there have been back then? Radio. Yeah, there's radio. I mean, there's television at that point, right? I don't know. This is just a rough example. But uh, there's, you can stand out in the public square and speak. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so theoretically, you know, magazines, I don't know. Theoretically, yes, there are other forms of communication, but we also have to consider the fact that social media right now is the main form of communication for a large percentage of Americans when it comes to receiving news, communicating with friends and family, like knowing what's going on in the world in general. And so like, yeah, yeah. You, like theoretically, well, you don't need it. There's other sites, but like, it's, it's like the same thing as being like, well, you're blocked from Google. And it's like, you can use other sites. Yes, sure. I can use other sites, but like, let's be realistic. Like mm-hmm. everybody uses Google. Mm-hmm. And so I think I see like, because of that, Google is responsible for, like, an insane amount of our communication and information mm-hmm. and, like, archival of information. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the idea that, like, what if a CEO could just be like, nope, that doesn't, that doesn't jive with us, and it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, that. Yeah when it comes to things like this, it it does feel like they're definitely taking a stand. And yeah, they knew their stocks were going to plummet. Like, that's a given. And it's not necessarily beneficial because the, like, the president, whether they're an ex-president or a current president, I mean, Barack Obama still has a huge following. And he... Bigger than Trump's. He will continue (laughs) to have a huge following for the rest of his life. And the same with, with Trump. And so um, I think it's not necessarily about benefit or not. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What do you mean by benefit or not? I'm a little confused. Just because you said earlier, like, Twitter knew, Twitter probably kept him around for longer because it was more of a benefit because it was the president. But now with the change of power they probably feel safer to remove someone. And I'm like, I don't know if it, if it boils down to whether it's a benefit or not. I think, like, imagine if... I'm, like, flipping it. Like, imagine if Joe Biden said, you know, something to the effect of inciting violence on people that are racist. Like, would he be banned and would there be outrage? Like, yeah. I don't know. Well, and I think, like, this all points to, like... The, the reason we have the First Amendment, I don't think hate speech is covered under the First Amendment. You can say a lot of vile things mm-hmm. under the First Amendment. And um, that sucks. But the reason that I personally believe so strongly in our freedom of speech to as much as we can allow it to remain free mm. is because that like moral decision-making if we were to start deciding what can and can't be said mm-hmm. is is really hard to trust in the hands of a government entity for me. Mm-hmm. I I don't like the idea that that someone could argue that talking about Jesus is hateful 
towards people groups that have been colonized. It probably can be very triggering and harmful to hear about Jesus if you've been in a people group like that. And I totally understand that. But as a believer, like I, that would be extremely problematic for me as a citizen to, to like remain here in the United States and to like not be oppressed and prejudiced, etc. And so because I firmly believe in being able to say those things mm-hmm. without, you know, repercussion. I also strongly believe that people are allowed to say things that I don't agree with that are offensive mm-hmm. to me and that trigger me and that are harmful to other people. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's where it, like I I want to see that that open platform. I don't want to see hate and anger and polarization like mm-hmm. be king in our in our culture, but mm-hmm. But it's like that foundational belief for me that like if we censor one person, we can censor everybody. Mm-hmm. That is that is the reason that I yeah like and and the idea that like okay yeah the government's not censoring Trump right now, but like just some rich media tech company is that happens to control, you know, a large percentage of our communication market. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Yeah, I mean. It's interesting you said that you don't want the government to be controlling what's free speech and what's not. Yeah, like I... uh, But they do, right? Because it's in the Constitution. Well, what I mean is um, free speech as is, I strongly believe in. If the government were to say, nope, we don't have the First Amendment anymore... These are the things that you can say. These are the things you cannot. Like, I don't want the government determining that, mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. I don't want tech media tech companies determining that. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that there's, like, a a question of legality when it comes to the incitement of violence on Mr. Trump's part at the end of his social media reign. However, like, do we just cut him out completely? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, can you just delete the post? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting because like these social media companies have had a lot of pressure to mm-hmm. to take down things from the president, from groups like the Proud Boys or um, QAnon uh, or the various different uh, groups that have been associated with the president. Uh, for a long time now, for, for quite a while, there's been a lot of pressure around that. And um, it's my understanding that those companies have been doing a lot of investigation around that because there is that big question of like, what is the, what is the moral thing to do? And like, what's the best thing to do? How do you determine the last straw? How do you determine how long you as a company can feel comfortable with something being on your platform? Um, because I mean, like we've already mentioned, like they are a, 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 a company, they are not the government. And so they're free to, to use their company however they like, uh, as long as it does not harm people. And, you know, so it's, yeah. it, that's where the tension comes in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like, how do you gauge what does and doesn't harm people? Like, I mean, referring back to social dilemma, like the girl on 
the girl that was in the movie who posted a picture and got mean comments it's like that is doing her harm that can cause her self-harm that can cause her depression that can cause her all these other things but is because people said mean things to hurt her feelings that doesn't mean the social media company is responsible for that and that's i think hate speech is not something i advocate for just making that clear but i'm like oh like something hurt your feelings okay like you know and, and it's I, like in some ways it's part of the cost of like it it is being a and visible human in the world <laughs> we've seen this interesting shift in media on both sides where you know 10 15 years ago we saw the more liberal side fight for very strongly freedom of speech even for um people that were neo-nazis because they should believe so strongly it was such this liberal idea of we deserve to be able to say what we think especially when it's in opposition to what is common and what is the normal stream of thought but we've kind of seen a shift recently where it's like now you kind of have to fall in line um and kind of if you if you shift away there could be repercussions and i feel like we're seeing that with things like twitter ban and um it's it's not just the president there are other people that are being banned from twitter youtube i mean even down to like instagram is monitoring like sex sex educators there's this woman, um, she has her own podcast called The Sexually Liberated Woman, and her whole thing is education about sexuality and freedom and your sensuality and being in touch with that part of you as a human. And there's so much censorship now around education of your body and education of uh, sexuality, and, and this is a much deeper problem even than politics. I feel like we, we're not creating space for education. Um, I even follow like a femme educator, which is fertility, educated medical, medical management. So she will post, um, just like little videos or pictures of cervical mucus, because uh, if you don't know, as a woman, that is a vital part of actually your immune system. And, um, it, it's, it shows you a lot about your hormone health and she'll show like her hand against a wall with some cervical mucus and say this is, which is different than arousal fluid, very different. Um, and she'll show you this is what your healthy body should be producing. Um, and it's good. And it's, you know, female have not been educated well about their bodies and it's it's a huge problem Mm -hmm. um all the way down from how you should eat and how you should partner with your cycle even to how to stay sexually healthy and birth control is another huge one and and that is being censored and taken down um i mean it it, i feel like it goes so far beyond politics Mm -hmm. i mean even ableism I was reading an article today about a creator on TikTok who, uh, when she was 13 months old, had was involved in an accident where a water heater exploded and like 90% of her body is covered in third and fourth degree burn scars. And she is all about body positivity and she'll post about her body and how it's like, this is what I look like and it's still beautiful even though it's not normal and or the norm or the way I was born. Um, 
And her her posts have been taken down for actually I took I took a screenshot of it. I will find it real quick. Her posts have been marked as violent and graphic content for showing dismembered, mutilated, charred, or burned human remains. And so I think I think censorship goes beyond politics. I think it goes into education. Mm-hmm. I think it goes into um, what's normal. I think it's affected many areas and many educators. And I think it's, it is concerning because it's almost continuing to limit what our stream of thought can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was just saying, even think of like what's hard about that though, is like all the COVID information that was swirling around mm-hmm. all year. Some of it not based on research, some of it based on research, but the idea that like a doctor can give their personal opinion mm-hmm. and be like cut out because it's not like in line specifically with what the CDC is saying or something like that. And totally, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not into that kind of thing. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. a dark web kind of, like, find the alternative viewpoint kind of person. But, like, when it comes to health and medical mm-hmm. education, it seems like how do we, first of all, make sure that, like, we're not cutting out educators just because it doesn't specifically fall in line with the, like, main narrative. But then also, like, how do we develop ways of determining Mm -hmm. positive and correct helpful information in comparison to likely not true information yeah and i i don't know i think that's like i don't want people going around and you know eating pool tablets because they think it's gonna cure them of covid19 like that's terrible but so really bad but also is that person not responsible to do their own research as well yeah you have your own free agency for sure yeah um but i mean this is this is the dance that the social media networks have been in since they're since they gained so much popularity Mm -hmm. right i i i don't think that Mark Zuckerberg in his college dorm creating Facebook imagined that it was going to be what it is. Um, And I think that, uh, and he encompasses both Facebook and Instagram now. And Mm -hmm. so like, those are huge platforms for us to to gain information um, and for uh, falsehoods to be spread. And I think that these platforms have kind of been scrambling and playing catch up for the past years as they've been trying to figure out how to do that because Mm -hmm. they weren't set up to do that. Um, And they were sort of set up, it seems to me like it was like, this is the ability, here you go, people. You can do whatever you want with it. Um, But there are things I want censored, right? Like, I want them to find places where children are being sold into sex trafficking on social media and to eliminate those accounts so that they can't do that on there anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? Like, I want them to shut down um, a a Facebook page that's planning to form a lynch mob, Mm -hmm. you know? I I want those things to be shut down. Um, And I want them to be censoring those things and and not allowing those people to have as easy access to organization, you know? Totally. And so, but on the other hand, 
I, I want women to be able to be educated. And there is so much of this, this that is a woman's issue right. because women have been censored and have been deplatformed for ever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like women have not had freedom of speech for very long. We have not had free agency, the right to vote for very long at all in the United States. It has been a small portion of our history and an even smaller portion of of world history um, outside of just the United States as a government. And so, like, I want women to be able to have access to these really, really valuable things. I want people to be more accepting of someone who looks different from them Mm -hmm. because they have um, some sort of... uh, some sort of difference in their body because of an accident mm-hmm. uh, because they are, they've seen those images because mm-hmm. they've seen a woman with burn marks and scars and don't see that as, as bizarre or scary or whatever, yeah. but see her as, as a woman. Yeah. Um, a beautiful woman. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And a beautiful so like woman of color. There's actually <laughs> there's, um, and I mean, even on top of that, people of color have been censored for so mm-hmm. long as well. Um, especially like the, the the female black body has been seen as explicitly sexual, even when not intended to be in any way, just because of the the, the like fetishization of the female black body. Mm-hmm. So like things like that have have been so prevalent in our history that like. I, I don't want those to be perpetuated by our social media. Um, and I think that's a that's a big problem with mm-hmm. censorship. But yeah. there's there's benefits there to benefits, censorship. Yeah. Like Definitely. we want the breastfeeding mother to be able to like sh- you know, post educational videos mm-hmm. for other women trying to get information about it, you know, like yeah. it, it's like especially when we're in the middle of a pandemic and yeah. someone couldn't go to, for example, a lactation specialist. Yeah. Someone can't go um, and go to their normal health class and be able totally. to learn about well, not even, flu- their bodily fluids, not which they probably wouldn't learn about anyway. The expense but. of that, like, not yeah. everybody has yeah. access to like that kind of medical care. They don't like. There's so many people who don't even have health insurance, and who do, it's very limited. Yeah, and, and even if you do, it's still very expensive. Yeah, even to the middle class. Yes, and so yeah, that's that's huge, and I totally agree. Mm-hmm. And, like, even, I mean, talking about, I agree. I think that there needs to be more energy put towards sex trafficking, which is a massive problem, um, towards, you know, people that are actually organizing crime, like, Well, the thing is, is they do. They do put energy to those things. Yeah. Totally. Like those, they, there, there is regulation around those, and there are ones that have been eliminated, and, I mean... It doesn't eliminate it totally because they're just going to go to the dark web after that. But these sites are trying to absolve themselves of the responsibility over that, which is all they really can do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they are not the police, but um, right. there's – it's – yeah. So, like, they, that is one thing I, I want them to continue to do, you right. know? But to me, that's not a censorship issue. That is a law issue. And the authorities need to be deeply involved with that process, which I'm sure they are. But, like – to me, that needs to be like, like there needs to be a, which there probably is, a section of the FBI just on like organized internet crime. And like, it, I'm sure there is. Honestly. Yeah, there yeah. probably absolutely is. But I'm like, to me, that that's almost like a different category. 
Well, but it isn't because technically the incitement of violence is criminal activity. Yeah. Mm. It is, I don't know, like who determines that? Who decides, yes, the president incited violence or no, he doesn't. Is there going to be a trial? Or is there going to be legal action? Well, I mean, there me, is a trial. There's the an impeachment trial. In a, that's well, the rule but in terms of, law of like going into effect with that. But what's the repercussions of that? He's removed from office. Which he's already yeah. gone. There's not, there's not a criminal <laughs> trial. Yeah, right? that's, that's what I feel like. And there then probably th- will be after that. But there's not yet. Yeah. And so in the meantime. There can't be. What? There can't be. You can't try a president under a criminal trial while they're in office. So that's why there's impeachment. Right. But uh, the point that I'm just trying to make is that if we truly believe innocent until proven guilty, like, it seems very premature. I think, like, if there was a p- specific post that, mm. like, upset people, you can remove that post. But to completely, like, say this this very prominent political figure that, like, is the leader of our nation, can't communicate to the, to the American people, like, I don't know. That just, that doesn't sit well with me. But then on the other hand, I also want to point out something that you said about these social media companies trying to just do the best that they can. I think that the assumption sometimes is that some evil social media censor person like Mm -hmm. comes up with these ideas of things they don't like and then they write code to censor all of it. And (laughs) but I think the misunderstanding is that, you know, code is incomplete. Yes. Like, you know, these programs that are tracking possible misinformation and whatever like we're at the very beginning stages of what that could be and like Mm -hmm. it's not perfect so it's gonna find you know a a picture of trump at the golf course and it's gonna give you a little censorship or like misinformation notification about the u.s election at the bottom of it even though it's not even relevant yeah and and so that kind of to me is a good point is that i think the conservative side kind of assumes this big, large, mm. deep, dark conspiracy against the president, against conservative agendas or whatever. I don't know. But it's like, in reality, you have to recognize that these are like people. Yeah. They don't have a, like 10,000. Sorry, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> they don't have 10,000 staff members just like manually reading every single post ever and determining whether it's okay or not so like yeah that's an imperfect system that's doing the best it can but yeah for for something like as big as well we're going to remove a human from the internet which i know is a hyperbole of what actually happened but i I don't know yeah i mean here's a few thoughts about that so like when when this happened right uh the president was Uh, locked out of his Twitter for 12 hours. Uh, That was the initial step that Twitter took. Locked out of Twitter for 12 hours, um, and several tweets were uh, removed from Twitter because they were seen as um, inciting violence. And then Mm -hmm. uh, Twitter also gave the president the caveat that in order to regain access, he would have to also himself delete those tweets Mm -hmm. that were flagged. So... uh, I believe he deleted the tweets and then was allowed to access again the next day uh, and then posted several more tweets that were seen as um, essentially still inciting the same violence. Mm. And uh, according to information that Twitter had gained around like the messages that different uh, very uh, alt-right conservative groups have been 
um, touting, the way that they have seen the president as communicating with them, uh, that those were sort of signals to those groups. Mm. So then Twitter said, never mind, banned. Yeah. Right? So they gave them a little bit of a chance there. Um, but uh, at the same time, I think about, uh, for example, if somebody gets arrested, right? Um, they're innocent until proven guilty, but they still have to sit in a jail cell, right? Like they they still have a repercussion um, and they are awaiting trial. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you just let them like roam the streets and well, do whatever. Depends. I mean, there's it does depend. There there's things like bail who... and um, different nuances with that. It's not a perfect analogy, but I think about that. We already have things in our justice system that are similar to 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 what I'm seeing now. Um, in that, like, there's been indications that the social media companies have had ongoing investigations happening already. They have now shut him down, um, and I'm, I don't know if they intend to use the incoming impeachment trial as a way of determining if he was, in fact, inciting violence, because I believe that those, those tweets, um, along with his rally speech, are, are part of the um, charges within the impeachment trial. Um, or, or what exactly their plan is with all of that and whether this is an um, absolute indefinite forever ban. I think they could always unban him if they, if they determined that that was the best course of action. Um, but I think that it to me it doesn't seem that far off from the way that we already use our justice system, you know? Yeah. I guess, I mean, I, I agree, but then I'm also just like, if it's a criminal issue, it should be treated as such. Like, why, why, why is it Twitter's responsibility to be involved? And I, you brought up that there are moral implications on Twitter's behalf of trying not to perpetuate a problem or cause a civil war or whatever mm-hmm. it is they feel they may be aiding yeah. the president in doing. But you know, like, there's also the recognition that like we don't have all the facts in theory. Mm-hmm. You know, like. The, the FBI, like, investigations are not complete. The impeachment trial has not been finalized. So, you know, and a following criminal trial hasn't even started. So there are things that, like, to me feel like, yes, I think if the president was inciting violence, he should be tried for it. That's a, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he probably was. But <laughs> whether he was or not, like, that to me seems to be, like, should be handled on a legal mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's know. like, do you let it carry on well, and with, like, a clean conscience? But That's it, what's hard for me. If it's a Joe Schmo, like, who has very questionable history with the, the thing, and, like, you want to cut him out, great. But, like, this is, like, this is our political system. This is our government. Like, I feel like humans, other humans have the right to know what their president is saying, even if what he's saying is not wholesome yeah it's interesting because i think that this happening is a very uh forward-facing way of seeing these tech companies influencing government um and that makes people really uncomfortable um but i think that we often forget that they're influencing government a lot already definitely with uh, behind the scenes there's there's so many 
um, political figures that are supported financially by these big tech companies, that there's these tech companies employ lobbyists to lobby for their interests and um, to make sure that laws are passed that benefit them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's, there's so much influence that they have. I think that it's hard for us to digest seeing such blatant influence. Totally. That's mm-hmm. a great point. And... I mean, I'm just throwing that out there because it's it. It's happening. It is, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It's happening, and it's it. It is harder to look at, but it's. I think we also need to recognize that this stuff has already been happening, just mm-hmm. like with so many other huge corporations that do influence our government and the way that it works and the laws that get passed and who gets elected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I'm sounding like a conspiracy theorist now, but oh well. <laughs> um, and so I, I think that. One thing that I would love to see from this as um, as people are are upset about this, as people are grappling with what the right thing to do is, um, is to see people seeking to be um, more informed about all the ways that their government's being influenced. Mm-hmm. If this makes them uncomfortable, then they... They should, they should look into all these other things that would yeah. probably also make them uncomfortable. Um, and, and we can then use that information um, in our vote, in the way we advocate, in the way we protest, in mm-hmm. the way that we speak up, in the way that we use these platforms. Um, and I think that's really important because um, there, I think that things like access to feminine education um, access to diverse voices, um, those are also things that we won't get unless we speak up about them, mm-hmm. that we will not get unless we use our vote and our voice. Um, and so if this upsets you, you know, <laughs> then 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 we need to do something about it. Yeah. Um, and 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 not just sit and and point fingers at at these social media companies and go, oh, you, look, you're you're so bad. Um, but but say okay, like how, how can we how can we then turn? Mm-hmm. How can, how can we change things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head, Emma. Oh gee, thanks. That was a good one. <laughs> Oh boy, <laughs> rehearsed it in the mirror all night. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, okay. Oh boy. Oh boy. This is a lot of things. It's been a journey. It I has feel been like a I journey. know nothing. <laughs> I mean, well, that's same. the thing. You know, I think that one of the things that I love about the women beings, about the the community that we're trying to build, is. Um, that we are a space for open conversation mm-hmm. and uh, that we are a space for uh, spreading spreading the female voice um, and amplifying the female voice, um, but also for opening up space for all voices. And um, we we want exchange of ideas. We, we want the, the freedom to put our foot in our mouths and we... Um, and that's something that we really value and obviously we like social media because that's how we do this (laughs) just like we talked about in our episode reviewing the social dilemma which if you haven't watched that episode then you should give it a watch um it's a good one but uh we we have this 
a very interesting, you know, it, it's a love-hate relationship with social media in a way. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard to grapple with how to navigate these, um, these companies when you, you know all these things about them. But also they, they, f- they feel very essential. Yeah. Um, to the way that we live our lives now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somehow we've become very dependent upon them, um, which is a little bit scary. Uh, but I guess I just want to know if you guys, the woman beings, have any final final thoughts as, we're, as we are wrapping up this conversation, as we're closing this out. How are you guys? <laughs> Just taking a deep breath in. <laughs> no, but it's good. And I agree. Like, uh, you know, our heart is to explore everything. And at the end of the day, we I don't have to explain anything. Even though we try and navigate the gray as best as we can, I think now is a great time to look out for others, to be kind, uh, to you know, like you said, be informed, be educated, especially with the ways our government is influenced within tech companies, within uh, the commerce space, within, you know, data, um, with other countries. Um, But also, you know, just be kind to each other, be kind to yourself, take a deep breath, it's gonna be okay. Um, Hopefully. We don't know. We Who don't knows? know. <laughs> you know, everyone's like, oh, thank God, 2020 is over. I'm like, and here's 2021, the big sister. 2021 um, is like, here you go. <laughs> it's like December 60th of 2020 is what I'm calling it. You know, like, it's just December 60th. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I think uh, also now's a great time to do your own research, to dig in, to, you know, if you want to check out some uncensored social media platforms, there are some interesting ones. Mm. Uh, you can also, you know, do research, read a book, you know, and also unplug once in a while because this has been a heavy one. And like we are all like whether consciously or unconsciously carrying the weight of the past several years <laughs> <laughs> And, like, just remember, you know, you're a human. You need space. You need to breathe. Yeah. That's good. I just appreciate you guys and our great conversations and the great points that both of you bring up. And I love, like, just being able to, you know, verbally vomit in front of our wonderful listeners who happen to find it interesting. And hopefully if you guys have any, you know, uh, thoughts or opinions or articles that we should read or things like that like throw them our way Um, absolutely on either side of the aisle (laughs) i threw out some ideas but i'm still happy to learn more and um, definitely know that my knowledge is limited in a lot of ways so um we i don't know i appreciate you guys and i appreciate you guys (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah well you know if you haven't deleted all of your social media. <laughs> Which hopefully you may, well, I don't know. Either way. Make your own decision, but we would love if you'd follow us. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're on Instagram at Woman Being Podcast. Uh, we also have a website, so you can go to our handy dandy website if you don't want to be on a social media platform. It is womanbeingcommunity.com. 
Uh, you have access to all of our podcast episodes via audio or video um, on there. Uh, speaking of, we also have a YouTube channel. If you search Women Being Podcast on YouTube, then yep. you'll see our lovely faces while we talk about all these things <laughs> and our like. beautiful basket wall and plants. Thanks, um, for watching. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's... That's where you can find us. We would love to hear more about what you guys think about all of this. Um, we, I find it really fascinating to think about the ways that this specifically affects women um, and the ways color. that, yeah, mm-hmm. women and, and people who have already been disenfranchised are more vulnerable to be disenfranchised by this, I think. And so mm-hmm. um, that's fascinating and terrifying and it's it's okay take a deep breath i feel like we could do a whole other podcast on that one. yeah <laughs> i'm like oh um, boy but we're gonna wrap this one up we're gonna close out thank you for talking with me today ladies oh, thanks, always a pleasure emma always a pleasure <laughs> kelly's <laughs> we'll see you next week bye, bye.